Support for this IPR podcast comes from Iowa Community Foundations, an initiative of the Iowa Council of Foundations, connecting donors to causes they care about. Details on the Endow Iowa Tax Credit Program at communityfoundations.org. Today is Tuesday. It is the 9th of August. This is Here First from IPR News. I'm Clay Masters. A Southwest Iowa company that makes metal castings used by military contractors in helicopters and other equipment has reached a settlement in a lawsuit alleging the company failed to test the castings and falsely certified test results over seven years. Wellman Dynamics is a Creston company that manufactures large metal castings used by military contractors, including Bell Helicopter and Boeing Company, and they'll pay $500,000 in restitution to the U.S. government to settle the allegations. These surfaced when an employee reported a lack of testing and filing of false documents under a whistleblower provision of the False Claims Act. Mike Franken, the Democratic candidate for U.S. Senate, says Republican U.S. Senator Chuck Grassley is engaging in doublespeak when explaining his no vote on capping insulin prices. Grassley says his vote was not about insulin, but about Democrats ignoring Senate budget rules. Here's Franken. You voted no because that's what Mitch McConnell wanted you to do. You voted no because you're upset. You voted no because the big pharma told you not to. Grassley says the Senate should pass a bipartisan package that would include a limit on insulin prices. This weekend's Senate vote to cap insulin prices at $35 a month failed as it needed 10 Republican senators to pass. Franken says Grassley played politics when he had a chance to cap the sky-high prices Americans are paying for insulin. Iowa City is still reeling over the disparaging comments the Truth and Reconciliation Commission's chair made about the town's older black activists in a now-deleted podcast. But as IPR's Zachary Oren-Smith tells us, a faction of the TRC is trying to reconcile the commission with the people left feeling hurt. First, word got around that the Truth and Reconciliation Commission's chair, Amel Ali, was airing dirty laundry between her and a Johnson County supervisor. And then Roy San Porter, the county supervisor in question, threatened that if the city council didn't kick Ali off the commission, well, she would. City council members said they wanted to see what the TRC would do about their chair. After placing Ali on suspension last week, three TRC members were out last night to build bridges with the Black Voices Project, whose president happens to be Roy Sam Porter. I appreciate everybody who's reached out and uh, tried to mend bridges because that's what we should be doing as a community. And I hope that we can mend bridges and instead of burn. Iowa City Council will take up Ali's proposal on August 16th. Summer nights have gotten warmer, on average more than two degrees warmer over the last 50 years, according to a study by Climate Central. And that can hurt crops like corn, especially when those warmer temps occur during the reproductive stage of growth. Last month in Kansas, overnight lows were as high as 82 degrees. And most of the corn crops suffered for it, says Chip Redman, a Kansas State Extension meteorologist. They didn't successfully pollinate, and they didn't even put ears of corn on. And so there's literally no corn out there. (laughs) He says farmers who planted earlier were better off, along with those in southeast Kansas. Since summer nights are getting warmer across the Midwest, experts say farmers should look to hybrid and drought-tolerant crops. And the city of Williamsburg renamed the State Street Bridge in a ceremony on Sunday to honor John Werner, the only native of the community to die while serving in Vietnam. 
Werner graduated from Williamsburg High School in 1968 and served in Vietnam with the Army's 1st Air Cavalry Division as an aircraft engine repairman. He died on August 23rd after being wounded the previous day in an artillery rocket mortar attack. He was 20 years old. This is here first from IPR News. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Staying in recovery can be a challenge for people with substance use disorders. It's even harder if you don't have a way to get around, to medical appointments, support groups, or even just to run errands. Some communities are exploring whether providing free rides can help. Side Effects Public Media's Darian Benson reports. Charmin Gabbard runs the Connection Cafe in Connorsville, a small town in eastern Indiana. We have a beautiful space over here. It literally looks like a cafe. Here, people in recovery from substance use disorders can gather for support groups. They provide free clothing, there's a place to shower, and they serve hot meals throughout the week. Our biggest strength is loving people. We are just an open community for all people, no matter what. If they have substance use disorder, if they have mental illness, or if they're just wanting a place to come hang out. Gabbard is the kind of person, when you meet her, you just feel immediately welcomed. She's 48, a mom with two kids, and she cares deeply about people struggling with addiction. In her 20s, Gabbard says she had three DUIs in five years. Two of those violations resulted in prison sentences. She was eager to turn her life around. But when she got out of prison in 2015, she'd been banned from driving due to her prior DUIs, and she lived five miles outside of town. When she wanted to attend recovery meetings or even just run errands, she had to hitch a ride from a family member, or she'd run. And when her son started playing sports, the only way to get him to practice was to move closer to his school. She says transportation is a huge barrier for lots of people in recovery. We spoke at her office at Connection Cafe. So without having that ability to get to that appointment, then you've just failed that. And then you got that fear of, I just violated. Or I missed an appointment with my children. I've let them down. So that cycle of guilt and shame and regret and feelings of failure and then uh, all of those things that you've ever thought are, are right there, right in the front. And so it's easier to give up A few years ago, Indiana leaders recognized this was an issue, and they launched a program partnering with Lyft to provide free rides to people to and from addiction treatment and recovery programs. Treatment's really important, but transportation needs for people in recovery extend far beyond those services, says Dr. Paul Jodry. He's an addiction medicine specialist at the University of Pittsburgh. When people talk about transportation, it's not just transportation to health services, but it's transportation to all of the important things in their life, getting to their jobs, getting childcare, going to the grocery store. Earlier this year, the Indiana Recovery Network expanded on the state's efforts with a new program. They partner with Lyft to provide free rides to people in recovery for anything, as long as it relates to the four pillars of recovery, home, health, community, and purpose. Heather Rodriguez leads that network. It can be to and from employment, school, things like that. Even if the money needs to get the kiddos to daycare on their way to an appointment or employment, they can use it for that. It's too soon to know whether ride-sharing programs increase the likelihood of a person to access treatment or remain in recovery. The program has given more than 1,400 rides. Rodriguez says many appreciate the service. 
Gabbard, whose Connection Cafe is in a rural part of the state, says she loves the program. But there's one problem. There just aren't many Lyft drivers in her area. Last year, she learned the city auctions off bicycles that have been found, but they scrap the ones that don't sell. Gabbard says getting a bike is what helped her when she couldn't drive. I didn't have my license yet, so I knew it was possible to make ends meet with using a bike. So she had an idea. She asked the city if she could have those bikes. They said yes. She keeps the bikes at Connection Cafe and gives them to whoever needs them. So far, 10 people have taken bikes, and she says it's been so great to see the impact. Just to see the joy, and as their recovery pathway starts picking up, and then you start seeing their potential, it's just amazing. Free bikes and rides can't solve the problem entirely. Better public transportation in rural communities would help, and researchers say policy changes that lead to more treatment centers closer to home and easier to access will make the biggest impact. I'm Darian Benson, Side Effects Public Media. Side Effects Public Media is a Midwest reporting collaboration, including Iowa Public Radio, exploring the impact of place policy and economics on Americans' health. This is here first from IPR News, which you can subscribe to wherever you find your podcasts. I'm Clay Masters.